It is July 16th, 2018. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Paradox of Civility podcast. This is our second episode, and my name is Roy Koshi. That has not changed. Um, so, for those who may have missed the first episode, I'll briefly outline what this podcast is all about. So, um, in 2012, I created and hosted an online radio show called The Hate Project. This was a show that, um, I'll just reread the mission statement really quickly. The mission statement was this. This is a show about hate. It is also about the sources and reasons for why people hate each other. We extend an invitation for all racist, sexist, homophobes, and other people with feelings of bigotry to anonymously call in and have an honest discussion about their feelings of hatred. Now, I explained basically why it was anonymous in the first episode. You can check it out there. Um, and I explain, you know, my sort of conflicted feelings about doing so. Um, but the reason I'm revisiting this uh, online radio show from six years ago is that I wanted to look at it again in the current era of Trump. And, uh, you know, this current era of white supremacy, white nationalism that's on the rise um, all over, and nationalism in general, all over the world. So um, what you're about to hear in this episode is a compilation of a bunch of different episodes. So after that first episode uh, of The Hate Project, which is also in the first episode of Paradox of Civility, the podcast that you're listening to right now, I'm sorry, it's levels within levels here, man. Um, so after that first episode, I did a bunch of different episodes. I was trying out a bunch of different time slots because I had the free blog talk radio account. So I had a free 30 minutes every day, basically. So... I basically filmed all these episodes in the middle of the night um, because that was best for my uh, current my work schedule at the time, basically. So uh, what you'll hear is basically various clips from all those uh, shows that I recorded uh, that week. Um, I do just want to give everyone a content warning. Uh, this show does contain a lot of hateful language, some hate speech. Um, I use a lot of language that's problematic as well in interacting with people and also just riffing by myself. So I do want to just let everyone know what you're in for. Um, it's not an endorsement of any of that stuff. I just want to present it raw as, uh, as I experienced it. So uh, Hate Project episode 1.2, uh, that was a longer episode, but I basically share one clip uh, about how I grew up uh, being the only person of color in my grade school and everyone thought I was black and so how that colored my experience when I'm the only person of color in the room some problematic language there um, in this episode uh, someone else called in about hatred for their stepmother and it's a long conversation I didn't include that here because it's not really quite in theme uh, it's not quite uh, connected to the theme of the paradox of civility podcast that I'm currently doing right now so I didn't include that in now uh and Hate Projects episodes 1.3 and 1.5. Um, so I discussed Daniel Tosh because I'm just stretching for topics to discuss. And Daniel Tosh had gotten into some trouble because someone had written a blog about how he made light of rape. He made a rape joke. And he kind of directed this rape joke at an audience member. So in this episode, I'm kind of defensive of Daniel Tosh's right to speak because I basically explained that I'm creating a show that... Uh, you know, uh, is allowing for the most vile opinions to be expressed. So it would be hypocritical of me not to, uh, you know, sort of <laughs> um, basically allow that for other people. And I also took his side as a performer because I don't believe in heckling, and I still kind of don't. But um, 
Anyways, there's two clips where I discuss Daniel Tosh. I'm not sure that I got it right because now that we're kind of living in this era of Me Too, where basically the stories of women who have been raped and assaulted, not only within the entertainment industry, but just at large, it's a lot more open. It's a lot more, um, you know, we can't really uh, deny it at all because it's now public. And a lot of people have uh, been outed being sexual abusers, sexual assaulters, rapists. Um, so I think like maybe back at that time, I just thought it was somebody in the audience being self-righteous at Daniel Tosh. Um, you can Google that story. I don't want to get too deep into it, but if you want some context, Google that story and then listen to this if you want. Um, so I think that maybe I had a little bit of a blind spot because, um, I was looking at it from a framework of, okay, my show, it's a free speech thing. And then also as a, you know, minority, I want us all to get over and not be the victim of people like Daniel Tosh. Anyways, you listen to that, and if you have any feedback, my email's in the uh, uh, description, so please email me about that. Um, however, in this episode as well, um, there's a really illuminating conversation that happens uh, from an anonymous caller outlining how racism was created, how creating the other was developed and perpetuated throughout the generation. So I encourage you to listen to that as well. Now, in Hate Project episode 1.4, I explain, you know, again, the mission of the show. I phrase it, I want to see how you feel and why you feel the way you do. I mention, uh, this is not, I, this is before this became sort of a, a phrase used by the far right. I did mention that I created a safe space. I didn't, wasn't doing that ironically. I really was being sincere about that. Safe space to talk about unsafe things. I talked about my own disconnect as an Indian American from other Indian people uh, and my weirdness around other Indian people. Um, I complain about the transit system, the MTA, because um, it was terrible back then too. I also talk about like how I learned how to be racist basically against Mexicans, even though I talk about like my experience on the Boy Scouts basically and how um, I was witness to bigotry towards Mexicans and I sort of tried to adapt that because I thought that was the right thing to do. Um, and then the guy Rudy from episode one, if you listen to that, he's a terrible kind of trollish person. Uh, don't know if he's being sincere or if he's just trolling me, but, um, let me, uh, about that. Um, let me just read this quote from John Paul Sartre's The Anti-Semite and Jew. Never believe that anti-Semites are completely unaware of the absurdity of their replies. They know that their remarks are frivolous, open to challenge, but they are amusing themselves, for it is their adversary who is obliged to use words responsibly since he believes in words. The anti-Semites have the right to play. They even like to play with discourse, for, by giving ridiculous reasons, they discredit the seriousness of their interlocutors. Interlocutors. So, uh, this is a very uh, accurate description of the 4chan culture and troll culture online in general. Basically, people saying um, absurdly hateful things, things that are not true, not based in science or reality, but they get away with it because their opponent is sort of tasked with like being the responsible party and like, wait, 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 let me... Let me take in what you're saying and like redo. And so I do that again with Rudy tonight, like I do in the first episode. And I regret not pushing back enough. I'm really trying to give him space to express himself in the hopes that like I will get to something deeper, some sort of deeper understanding of Rudy. You know, even though like I 
I'm somewhat aware that he's probably just messing with me. Um, so um, you'll hear that. Again, that's a whole lot of problematic language. So if you're offended by that, skip over that. In episode 1.5, I talk about how bullying made me thirsty for friendship uh, and the friendship that I uh, attained in that particular moment when I needed it. Uh, that guy was very anti-Semitic, um, said a lot of casually anti-Semitic things. And again, I sort of fell for it. Um, I also say some kind of crappy things about school shootings. Um, now that it's a weekly epidemic, I probably wouldn't say that same thing again. Um, I kind of express something where I'm a little generous to hateful people, um, like that they just need someone to reach out to them. Um, again, I'm so conflicted about that now. I don't think I'd be the one reaching out today. Um, I don't know if that's just because it's so the sewage has all come to the surface and it's colored all of us, uh, including the highest office in the land. Um, but I discussed that a little bit. I also try to explain why black people can call each other the N-word and other people can't. I don't know if I got that right. Again, if you have any comments on that, please email me or comment below. Um, and then again, I return to Daniel Tosh for some reason. Um, and again, I'm not really sure that I got that one right. I'm not sure I was a little dismissive of the person who was offended by him. Now, on that note, I finally watched uh, Nanette, Hannah Gadsby's Netflix special. Um, really, I'm still processing it, um, but it's actually a valuable... Um, so I'm, I'm bringing this up because in bringing up people like Daniel Tosh and sort of mainstream comedy, it's a good archaeological dig of mainstream comedy, and I recommend it if you're interested in that sort of stuff. Um, anyways, here is the compilation of episodes that I did um, that whole week, that first week that I did this online radio show. Uh, I will be back with a little bit of commentary at the very end. Um, I've had a feeling that I've struggled with where I wonder like whether I belong in the room. And um, there's probably a, a gazillion reasons for this, but um, I'll, I'll give you like one sort of like, I'll give you like one sort of like anecdote here. So when I was very young, you know, we moved to Plano, Texas, which is a suburb of Dallas. And I started going to school there. And um, I never, I hated school back then. And I still hate it now. Um, and anyways, uh, I was the only person of color in my class. Um, oh, by the way, I, I, was, I meant to mention this at the top of the show. I, I am uh, a person of color. I just sound very white, I think. I took some white white talking lessons. Um, I'm kidding. I just grew up in the suburbs of Texas, and um, you know, I was you know I'm Indian, and uh, I had like you know I was the only person of color in my class, and I'm and you know my family's a very dark skinned Indian. We're not from North India, from South India, and the uh, people are dark skinned. So everyone thought I was black, and in fact, like I went home one day, I was like, well. Everyone says that we're black. Are we black? And my parents were like, no, we're brown. Then I went back and was like, hey, I'm not black. I'm brown. No, no, no. You're black. The other kids just were like, even though like I'm in front of them and I'm clearly brown, I was like, no, no, no. We're just going to go with that. You're black. So, uh, and then like as I went along, like, you know, for the most part, kids were nice. But like, you know, you always like had one kid who would point that out that you were the only person in the room that was very, very dark skinned. And, you know, like, I remember like one kid used to like call me a nigger. Um, and then like, you know, of course, of course, like that kind of behavior attracts like a lot, a couple of other kids who are going to like 
join that little swarm there. And, you know, so they were like, yeah, you're a nigger. So, and like, I remember like one, this is like, this is like crazy. It's hard. It's weird to be called a nigger when you're not, how should I put this? When you're not African-American, you know, it's weird. It's like, it's just like, it's almost like you, you feel like you should be offended, but it's like, you're just confused. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's like, it's like if you went up to like some sort of, like if you went up to, go to like somebody that you know, who's Serbian tomorrow and be like, Oh, look, look at this Irishman. He's a little drinky drunk. Gulp, gulp, gulp. They'll kind of hate you, but they won't be mad. They'll just be like, no, I am. So, what? Why are you saying? I'm so confused. But it creates, like, a little bit of a mind fuck. In fact, like, one kid was even, like, we were learning about Martin Luther King in high in high school, in third grade. And, like, you know, this kid would be like, yeah, if it wasn't for Martin Luther King, fucking you'd kick your ass. And I'm like, again, like, got the wrong guy. You know? So, anyways, <laughs> what's the point of my story? Yeah, um, so, I was not a real nigger, I was the designated nigger for this uh, particular class, to put it politely. So, there are a lot of times, and, you know, I've met a lot of great people who are not racist in my life, but um, I have to say, uh, there are times when I walk into a room, and if I am the only person of color, I'm sort of like, ooh, am I this room's nigger? You know what I mean? It's a very, it's so... It's weird how people can mind fuck each other at every step of the at every step of the way. Um, I'm sure somebody's gonna be really offended by everything I just said. <laughs> um, but it's a true story, so you shouldn't be offended. It's a that's actually a true story. I'm not just telling it for shock value. It's, it all happened. I think why I started, I'll start to talk about why I even began this thing or what sort of sparked it for me. I don't think there's an honest discussion in this country about hatred that's based in the murky areas of racism and even sexism and homophobia. Um, on the one hand, you have people, I feel like on the one hand, you have people who are hateful and it's like this weird blind hatred uh, in fact, our first night of doing the show, a gentleman called in admitting that he doesn't like black people because they're all in jail. Now, he doesn't know any black people. He He's hardly had any interactions with black people, but like they're all in jail. So it's been like this sort of indoctrinated, like blind racism where, you know, you've just been taught to sort of like in a Pavlovian way, hate other people. And then you have like the, the liberal left, which is awful in this country, by the way. It's just like, oh, well, we can't talk about any of these things. Let's. Let's never talk about it for fear of hurting anyone's feelings. And then, you know, and as of late, you know, Lindy West at Jezebel.com wrote this article about hipster racism where it's like people getting to sort of like, you know, masturbate themselves on their own racism, but get off the hook, not be held accountable for their views and the dumb things they express by being like, oh, it's a joke. You can't take a joke. If you're offended by that, you can't take a joke. And you're the you're the bad guy. So I mean, to me, like there hasn't been like an honest 
discussion of why it's even happening. Because when you really think about racism and sexism, any sort of ism, any sort of hatred, it's all taught and it's all arbitrary and it's all weird and made up. It's like, you know, on a survival level, none of that shit matters. Babies don't hate each other. Um, and it's a weird, it's a weird sort of hatred that's really fictional. No need for it to exist, but yet it's so primal, so tribal, and it inspires people to kill each other. And it inspires people to just segregate themselves from each other. So I'm trying to figure this out. Is, is individual hatred, you know, hatred for, like, say, your neighbor or hatred for a family member the same as racial hatred? I don't know. Oh, that's what we're exploring. And maybe you can join in at 347-539-5387. So the first night of, um, of this show, we did it um, at 11.30 p.m. on Sundays. Um, last night, we did it at 1.30 a.m. So tonight, we're doing it at midnight. I'm just trying to sample different types of uh, bigotry throughout the evening. You know, what, what's the midnight hour uh, type of bigotry? Is it like uh, racism with a cold beer? Just trying to watch uh, some Jay Leno about to go to bed. Is that what it is? Or, you know, are you uh, eating some potato chips being racist? <laughs> oh, God. What the hell am I doing? Anyways, if you disagree that like the the dialogue in this country in general about racism and discrimination and bigotry is just fucking retarded, please let me know. I'll start off with the topic then. Uh 347-539-5387. You can call in or not. I'll I'll solve this shit by myself. I don't I don't care. I don't care. Uh so I'll I'll start off with the topic. So, you know, you have this Daniel Tosh fellow, um he was telling some rape jokes at the Laugh Factory. And a woman in the audience said, and I guess the premise of his, uh, whole, act, his whole bit about rape jokes is like that rape jokes are always funny. What's kind of the premise of his bit? I don't know. I wasn't there. And so anyways, a woman in the audience yells out, actually, rape jokes are never funny. So um, Daniel Tosh says, hey, wouldn't it be funny if like a bunch of guys raped this girl? trying to, like, rejoin her this heckle, basically. And then, you know, she and her friend got up and left, and people in the audience were laughing at Daniel Tosh's uh, comeback with, like, boy, wouldn't it be funny if she just got if five dudes just raped her right now? Uh, and, you know, she asked for her money back. And this is all from her blog that she wrote. I don't know who this person is. I read the blog today. Um, so, anyways, that's a possible topic to discuss. Uh, this is my this is my thing. What he did was horrible. His his fucking like look first first of all like I mean I I'm, I have no reason to advocate for Daniel Tosh. He's kind of like a lot of things that's wrong with comedy today. But uh, here's the thing, and and here's like where the gray area is for me. A comedy show, just like any other piece of art, is there to depict the ugly parts of humanity. It's supposed to be a safe space to do unsafe things. John Patrick Shanley said that about theater. And so I would feel about any sort of art form. You know. However, 
and I would agree with this, he crossed the line when he crossed from the stage to the audience, basically, and calling out this one girl saying, wouldn't it be funny if five guys raped this person? That was horrible. It was a lazy, obviously unfunny uh, rejoinder. Um, I don't know what people at Daniel Tosh show were expecting, but uh, whatever. So, uh, so that's what happened. So it was, that's where he crossed the line. However, I want this to be clear. Yes, the way he handled it was evil. But you also don't have a right to heckle at a show. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to stand by that. And I'm not saying that she brought in... I, I understand like the sort of like ugly feelings that this woman had. But it would be hypocritical for me kind of having this show on right now where I'm inviting people to reveal some ugly things anonymously. Don't get me wrong. It's all anonymous. And, and on our first night, uh, you know, one of our callers revealed some very, very ugly views. Um, go to our archive and listen to that. If you like, it's very interesting. And so, uh, that's, it would be wrong of me to say, have this space where I'm inviting that, where we explore that part of humanity, that ugly, murky part of humanity. And then to say that Daniel Tosh cannot tell rape jokes on stage. Now, he did cross a line when he sort of said, wouldn't it be funny if everybody, if, if a bunch of guys raped this person? That's being abusive. And I would agree with that. But I would be mad if somebody came in right now and told me that I could not do the show I'm doing right now, too. So that's the gray area. I hope that's clear. And if you agree or disagree with me, please call in at 347-539-5387. Please call in. You know, uh, I hate politicians a lot. I especially hate Republican politicians. Um, I'm not going to lie about that. And uh, I always like, I, I make like shitty statements in my day-to-day life. And uh, I always like say like, God, those guys deserve a bullet in the head. I say things like that all the time. I know in my head that if I saw somebody get shot or if I heard about somebody getting even like a, a horrible, like, you know, whatever, Rick Santorum type person, I know for a fact that I would feel bad about it. But like that feeling in that moment is just like, oh, you really just, it is like this weird impulse to like, I want to strangle you. I want to do something to this human being. But, you know, if I came across this person, I wouldn't do anything. But that feeling is there. So how do I put that in check and keep it going? Anyways, I have a caller right now, so uh, we'll see what's going on out in the world. Hello, caller, are you there? Yes, I am. Hello there. Uh, welcome to the Hate Project. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, I, uh, again, uh, this is an anonymous show. I don't need to know any details about you. Don't need to know where you live or what your name is or what your family does or what you do. Uh, what are you calling about, sir? Um, just that the, the root of hate is actually fear. The root of hate is actually fear. Yeah. 
Hate secondary, you know, I, fear, fierce primary, whether it's founded or not. I agree with you on that, actually. I mean, it, it is like you, you hate somebody when you really feel threatened by them. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, when you fear the unknown, the other, and you've been taught to fear the other, which if you've grown up in the United States, you've been taught to fear the other pretty much since birth. Yeah, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you on that. Have you ever, um, do you, do you experience uh, feelings of hatred based on fear? Um, yeah, I mean, for me, it's, I've gotten a little more sophisticated over the years about it, that I realize that when I'm angry about something, that it usually has to do with me being afraid of something that doesn't have anything to do with the situation that's currently occurring. Um, Right. And for me, it it has more to do with people who drive cars when I bike. (laughs) It doesn't have to do with anything much beyond that. Yeah, uh, I, 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 if I, you know, like I'm very angry all the time at drivers because they don't want us to be in the road. People on bikes, oh, although people on bikes are douches as well, because the number of times where I sit at a red light and people go by me on bikes, just riding in traffic, is it's every day, dozens of times a day. I've seen that happen where I live, and it's terrifying. Yeah, like it's a, it's actually like terrifying. I, I start to like, I, I kind of get like very mommy. Like, I start to be like, oh, God, that guy's going to get hit. What's he doing? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, that's a, that's a valid fear when you're riding your bike because, like, a, a lot of drivers don't know what they're doing. They zone out, and, like, that's a valid fear. You could get killed or maimed by yep. one of those and, idiots. And uh, the, I, at one point, uh, my girlfriend and I were – I was walking the bike. She had some bags, and I'd thrown them over the handlebars, and we're walking, and uh, – there's something that uh, it's a lot of like car service guys do this, where they will sort of blow through the stop sign, and then they'll sort of barrel down on you while you're crossing. I was on the I was on the crosswalk Ooh. across from where he he was, so I he, you know he stops on say what's sort of called the east side of the street. We're on the west side of the street, and we're going right. across the crosswalk, and he barrels through the stop sign. It was one of those you know pause. You know, it doesn't say SDOP. It says you know, pause. So he pauses for half a second and then drives very fast at us. And my thing is I used to be a lot more like confrontational about that thing and would yell a a, a raft of obscenities and, you know, indicate that I was ready to commit acts of violence on the person. At this point, what I did, and this is, I seem to get more and more in trouble for this because I said, really? I looked at the guy and I said, really? Yeah. He, got out of the car in traffic. There wasn't a lot of traffic, but he stopped his car in the middle of the street and got out to fight. And so I was like, oh gosh. handed my bike to the girlfriend and, and went, you know, one second, because I've learned that I'm not going to run from this guy. <laughs> so he yeah. comes out, and, and he wants to fight me in the street. And I'm like, actually, I think this is evolution for me, because I was like, why don't we step out of the street? And he looked at me and said, I don't care. At that point, I'm just like, okay. And I'm just trying not to get in a fight with this guy. And the amount of hatred he had for me because he wanted to get somewhere quick, which was nowhere. He was going nowhere. Like, the dude wasn't on a call. Like, you know, like he actually brought his walkie-talkie yeah. up maybe to bash me in the head with or whatever. Right. And, and, and he said, you, you're going you're gonna to do something? And I said, no, because I'm a grown adult and so are you. Which, if you would have talked to me a year ago, I, we wouldn't have gotten to that part of the conversation. Because I would have gone straight up to him, um, right? Because it's fear. 
it's fear. And that it's, it's as much fear for like, you know, white folks, uh, you know, who never have met a black person in their life. Uh, you know, right. um, Appalachia, uh, 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 originally from a, a very, 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 very white state. And so, yeah, being afraid of black people, that happens because I'm American. I think yeah. the thing is, is, at one point I, I thought of the idea of, of doing stand-up and saying, who here in the room is afraid of black people? And then saying, you're fucking liars. Because if you live in the United States of America, you've been taught, whether what, no matter what color you are, Mm-hmm. To be afraid of black people, every every second oh, yeah. of every, but that's that's what is taught, and so my my fear of black people is not based on me thinking black people are inferior or bad or evil, but thinking if I had to put up with that amount of shit on a daily basis, I, I no because like I, I think of it it's it's a weird thing to say, but I think about it in the same way as I think about like if I had to do a an intense service job. And that's kind of how black people have to walk through the world in a lot of ways. But they have to right. stay on it. Because, like, you know, if you're a concierge, uh, uh, you, know, you know, if you're in a concierge at a high-end building, you still have to eat giant spoonfuls of shit every day, randomly, from everybody who you work for, including the management, the people walking up the street, the vendors, the people who live there, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I couldn't, do that job, which is why I try and be nice to people who are concierges, because I could not oh, do yeah. that job. I did the same thing about waiting tables. I couldn't wait tables. And this is a really poor metaphor, but I think that like black folk deal with that in the sense that they have to restrict their behavior. And the amount of freedom I have for being, surprise, surprise, white, mm-hmm. it, it's, you know, it's, it's, I, would, I would have gotten killed if I talked the shit I talk on a daily basis and my skin, my pigment was different. Right, um, and just like the, I'm beginning to get annoyed with the because you know racism exists. Race does not. Race is exactly. a pigment. Or yeah. human beings, you know, the whole thing is like all of us can interbreed, so that sort of gets rid of your sort of race idea, and it's it's pigment plus culture plus history plus time, and yeah, and you know if you're in America. Pigment plus culture plus you know, blah 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 plus time means that you will be afraid of black people, even if you're black. <laughs> oh yeah. Even, even if you're black, I mean, like uh, famous Chris Rock routine of black people and niggers. Yeah. And that, that he did it once. He did that routine once, and I remember watching it and being like, "There's incredible insight in this, and this is amazing." And and I don't have the right to say any of the things he's saying, even though I might agree with them, because. Right. There, there are moments where it's like uh, if I if I see somebody who's a black person who looks hard, I get nervous. And so, and also, like there there are black dudes who look hard, who try and act hard, who I know are not hard. If I just take a second. Yeah. And in the same way that I'm sure that black folk look at white people and like, well, he might not be a psychotic racist who's going to have me shot and killed for reading. Right. But and it's all from just, it, ultimately, it's not knowing each other. And there's every single religious and cultural and commercial and constitutional reason to allow us to avoid each other. It, it, it's in the fabric of the United States. It's the, it's the original sin, and it's the driving force of the entire, the entire thing. And, right. it, it, you know, luckily we got the blues from it. 
you know, we've got blues and country music. That's essentially the two forms of, of American idioms, you know, jazz from that as well. And so those are the two things. It's, it's suffering and those who suffered secondarily. Country music right. being about, you know, poor white people as opposed to white people, white people. Yeah. Sometimes I, I talk about the difference between being Caucasian and being white. Caucasian has to do with, you know, skin color. White has to do about being entrenched in the structure of power. Yeah. And so there are plenty of people who are Caucasian who are not white by any means or stretch of the imagination. The, you know, super, super poor white people are not white in the sense that they don't have access. The thing is, if they're right. born with a leg up, being Caucasian, it's, you know, two steps to being white <laughs> as opposed to 15. But, like, and a lot of, and from what I can see, a lot of those folks who are sort of of the Caucasian elk, but they're not quite white yet, they still, a lot of them still feel separate from black people. Yeah, because they, well, there's literally no, there's literally no advantage. Yeah. But, like, what, so, like, it's like that sort of, like, poor white people... And poor black people have a lot more in common with each other than poor white people and rich white people, obviously. Mm-hmm. So what is, like, what is, 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 is a media propaganda that strong? Is it just, or maybe like, maybe it is what you're talking about that, uh, well, then, it's so like, entrenched in our culture that everyone buys into it. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's the birth myth, you know, mm-hmm. there, 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 the different kinds of quote freedom that were in America. There's the Quaker version of freedom, which has to do with religious freedom and, and toleration. There's the, the sort of like Puritan version in Massachusetts, which is all about religious freedom for your particular sect. There's the Cavaliers who were in Virginia and South Carolina, and freedom was based on freedom for, to be a mercantile and, and, and to, uh, to exploit others. And then there's right. the sort of Appalachian version of freedom, which is leave me alone, don't tread on me. Right, And yeah, so yeah, yeah. in the center of those myths, the, the place where the... the where it was, where the place was, the country was cradled, which you know people act like it's like Plymouth Rock, but it's actually South Carolina and Virginia. That a lot of our ideas about class and race were born out of the swamps of South Carolina, where you couldn't get Scotch Irish people to live there, because that was the first the first go around they did was they brought over indentured servants. And the thing is, it was hard to make white people slaves, which was indentured servitude was just slave light, because there was no there was right. a lot of people couldn't couldn't get out from under that. And then when they figured out, oh, it's a really easy system if the people who are indentured are actually a different color, because that way you can pick them out and they will always be slaves, always be indentured to something, always be owned. And yeah. so it's, it's, it's at the beginning of it. It's at the very beginning of, of the Anglo-North American project. Yeah. When, when those people of course. came over from England and, and from the satellite countries around it, you know, Scotland, Wales, and, and Ireland, and went into the swamps of South Carolina and the swamps of Virginia and the rough country down there where it was impossible for people to live most of the time. Right. The only, the only way that they could have that maintained as a commercial entity was slavery. Yeah. And so, like, again, back to Chris Rock, he talks about the fact that America's like the uncle that molested you but put you through college for black people. Right. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. You know? um, yeah, I mean, it's it's at the beginning... And it's, you know, you just hope people, old people keep dying off because it gets less and less. 
it's it does. You're right. It, and the thing is, it's not anywhere near. It never will be perfect because you don't. You, you know, we move towards the perfect even thing. even amongst people who consider themselves liberals, really still exhibit a lot of those same qualities. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They're not like I mean, out it, and out rednecks, but no. But but they're 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 you know. Uh, shit, when I'm walking down the street, I'm a purse clutcher at times, and it has more yeah. to do with... Uh, Me like, too. Again, I'm, I'm talking about stand-ups again, but Bill Burr talked about it. He goes, like, if you want to be afraid of black people, look at people who have fucked up shoes. Yeah. Goes, That's where I make my decision. And his, his, his assertion was, like, black folk will take care of their immediate what they have, what they wear, what, you know, like... Yeah. But they'll take care of what they can control, which is their own body. Hey, call like it. What they... Caller, so, I'm so sorry to interrupt. I think I'm about to go off the air. But uh, right. I, I uh, thank you so much for calling in. Um, mm-hmm. We have a show at 1130 next Sunday, but uh, keep an eye out for the show. It's going to be satelliting around this week, okay? All right, cool. Have Thanks a good for night. calling in. You too, Bye. buddy. Bye. Uh, you know, I we have about... 26 minutes left to solve racism and solve sexism and bigotry of any sort. So if you are a human being out there who hates other people, maybe you hate the blacks, maybe you hate the Jews, maybe you hate the Mexicans, maybe the Koreans, only the uh, South Koreans, but the North Koreans you're cool with, call in and talk to us. And, you know, we we don't traffic in stereotypes here. I just want to know how you feel and why you feel. That's all. And that's it. Um, if you are harboring hatred towards an individual, you know, in your life, you can call in about that too. We had a, we had a nice chat with somebody uh, a couple nights ago about that. They're working through their issues with their parent. You have any reason to call in basically you, you can, it's a judgment free zone. Do whatever you want. If you hate me, I'm Indian. Yeah, I'm Indian, yo. I'm Indian. I'm re- I'm raising my microphone line in. Um, so if you hate Indians, and again, I'm not going to ask for your name or where you're from. Any details you bring to the table are voluntary on your part. I just want to have an honest discussion. We keep this anonymous to provide this to be a safe space to talk about unsafe things. That is my ultimate goal with the show. Safe space to do unsafe things and talk about unsafe things. Again, that number is 347-539-5387. I'll talk for a little bit. You know, um, something I've been working through a lot in my life right now is, you know, I'm, I'm of Indian descent, but I was born and raised in America. I've never felt a connection to my own culture. And in fact, like, whenever I see, like, a group of Indian people, like, if they're ending it up, like, in their saris and, like, their, uh, you know, dot, that, oh, that's, I, I resist saying that because, like, people are like, hey, you daughter featherhead Indian, dude, dude, I'm a dummy. So, well, I'll get into that in a second. Um, you know, like, I sort of be like, oh, God, I don't want to, I can't stand near them because everyone will think that we're related. How horrible is that? Everyone will think that we're related. Come on. Come on, Roy. It's ridiculous. 
And so, like, I think of, like, my own people that I belong to, that I have come from as another, like, race that I don't want to associate with, where I'm sort of like, oh, no, I'm not into that. Whatever those furners are doing, I'm not into that at all. And I realize I'm not alone in this. Um, A lot of second-generation folks. Am I first-generation or second? I think I'm first-generation because I was the first one born. My parents were immigrants. So a lot of us like have that disconnect from our home country and it's kind of like a, a foreign thing to us because we weren't raised in that culture. So, you know, it's, um, it's interesting. It's not interesting. I, I, that, that's something that people say like when they just have nothing else to say, cause they're, you know, I'm just tired right now. I'm so mad at like my transit system here in my city. It's so awful. So much money flows through this dumb city, and like they can't get it together. So much money flows through that organization, and they cannot get it together. I know it's not perfect. I know it's not easy, but come on, guys, it's ridiculous. <laughs> so that's the way. If, if you if you are prejudiced against a transit system or a bus line, you can call in. Yeah, you know, I was talking about like, you know, hating my own people. I can I can I guess just tell you like a story right now. Um I remember I was at a summer camp. Boy Scouts. And Boy Scouts is supposed to be an upstanding institution. You know what I mean? It's supposed to be an upstanding uh institution that teaches, you know, young boys discipline, uh giving back to their community. Now, these are the Boy Scouts in Texas, in the suburbs of Texas. North Dallas suburbs, before North Dallas became, like, a lot more cosmopolitan. It was, like, a lot more, you know, down-home folk. So, you know, we were at a summer camp once, and we were with, um, we were near a troop that was all Mexican. And the other Boy Scouts in my group were all white, and they would constantly just be like, oh, God, you know, we got to swim. With... There was a swimming pool, and we would share the swimming pool with other people. And then uh, it would just be like, oh, we got we to gotta swim with them dirty spicks. And I remember buying into that and being like, I don't want to be around spicks. I'm scared. And um, <laughs> they were the nicest people in the world. They were so nice, such nice kids. But I was still just like, oh, oh, boy. I still have to keep it in arm's distance with them. You know what I mean? Ridiculous. I bought into something and I had no, and I was proven wrong about a group of people, but I was still like, oh, these Mexicans. Oh. Why is why is that like why am I am I just a wuss who like falls for things? I don't know. Why is it so? Why are we so impressionable? Why do we buy into like these fictions? I have a caller right now. Uh, let me check in. Hello. Caller, you're on the air. Hello. Do you remember me? I called on your first show at the very end. Yeah, yeah. You you sound familiar. How you doing, sir? I'm doing good. Cool. So again, you know, the, the show is still anonymous. I don't want to know anything about you. I don't. I don't. My name's Rudy. Name. Okay, you're volunteering your name. Cool, Rudy. What can I do for you tonight? I wanted to talk about what I hate. Sure. Let's I go. hate black people. 
So I, I remember last time you said uh, you hated black people because they're all in jail or something like that. Yes. And is that did, did you find a new reason in the last few days to hate black people, or is that is that your primary reason? Whenever whenever I call them on here on Blog Talk, yeah, and they say the word nigga and I say it too, they get all offensive. Okay, so like I'm I'm you're a, you're a white dude, right? Yes. Well, Thank God. You, well. It, it, well, there is there is such a thing as white privilege, but uh, I can see yes. why you thank God. But um, I, well, <laughs> systemic white privilege. But um, listen, do you, but do you do you understand why somebody would not? Do you, do you understand the difference between like black people calling each other the N word versus a white guy calling a black guy the N word? Do you understand the difference? No. Well, because I think historically, when white people call black people nigger uh it was met yeah, with no, it, was nigger. Fo- it was followed by bu- nigger yeah well either way it was always followed by violence and some sort of like suppression so i think like you know we're still not out of that we still feel those bruises of of and that's why i think they get upset do you call the, so you call the black shows on blog talk radio yes and like so, wait, okay. So like, pretend I'm a host. Just pretend I'm a host on like on a black show. So I'm like, no, 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 no. Okay, and uh, welcome to the uh, Black Consciousness Hour. Uh, my name's Daryl. Uh, caller, you're on the air. Nigger. Well, see, that, that's gonna piss anybody off. If you call, if you called like a white person and just like said nigger, they'd be pissed off. I did that. They didn't get pissed off. They laughed. Did, did they laugh? They laughed. Which, which one did they? Which one did you? Um, did you call like the White Power Saving no. the White Race show? It was There's some, a show like that. Is there? There's like a show like that. I, I was browsing through Block Talk Radio last night. Can, can you put that in the uh, the chat box so I can check that out? Oh, I don't know what the name of it is. You'll have to just look yeah. it up. I don't know. I'm I see that, that you've been doing shows a lot without you know. About all kinds of things, man. Can I ask you something? I um and I'm and again like this is sort of I I really am like trying to get a, like an honest dialogue. Were your parents? Did your parents raise you to hate black people? No, they taught me to love them. Did your parents teach you to hate gay people? Because I remember that's what you mentioned last time. Huh? No, no, they didn't teach me. Um, did, were they like were, were they kind of like a tolerant? Did you grow up in a tolerant household? No. But they didn't. Your parents didn't teach you to hate a group of people, right? No. They told me. They taught me to love everybody. So can I? Can I tell you? Can I ask you? What? What's the rift? So, like, why did you go away from what your parents taught you? Ever since I was little, I always thought I hated blacks and gays. Uh, when you say little, I remember, what, what it, I remember being in like five years old and I didn't like them. Five years old and you didn't like blacks and gays and you were exposed to them at the time. Like you, had, I didn't like blacks. I didn't know about gays. Was there a mean black five-year-old kid in your class or something? Nope. nope. 
there so was literally. So then, how how were you? How did you learn about black people at five years old? I saw them around town. What what were they doing around town? Were they like shopping? <laughs> oh God, that that's terrible. Yes. That that's evil. Can can you uh, do an impression of uh, like a black person shopping when you were five years old? Were they like, "Hey, Whitey, hey, wanna honky. buy this gum? Hey, hunky, give me your money." Did, you got mugged. Yes. You got mugged when you were five years old. My parents did. Well, okay, when I was eight years, years old, when I was eight year old, eight years old, they they robbed them. My mom and my dad. I'm sorry to hear that. And then they shot him, but I, I was hiding behind a trash can, so they didn't see me. Wow, are you being are you being honest with me right now, or are you messing with me? I'm the Batman. You're the Batman. Well, that's an amazing story. I don't like black people, Roy. So, like, okay, so I'm really. Um, I'm I'm really sort of confused still. Um, why I, I you just ran like how do you just randomly hate a group of people? Did somebody else teach you to hate them? Nope. I just saw them and I didn't like them. I remember being at the YMCA and they were they weren't very good. They were loud and they smelled bad. Well, see, like. I, and they would steal I, stuff. Well, that that transcends race. That kind of shit. But really it was only the blacks stealing. Oh, boy. So, what, what were they stealing? Shoes. Clothing. Hmm. And so, and how old were you when you saw them at the YMCA? Around nine years old, I guess. All right. Sorry. Somebody in the chat is asking me if I ever went tip to tip with a black guy. And that means where you make your wiener's headbutt like goats. You ever done that? What? Somebody in, the, in, our, in our chat is asking if I've ever gone tip to tip with a black guy, meaning have I ever tipped my dick to their dick, like headbutting your dicks to each other? He's asking me that. Yeah. Have you ever done that? Do I sound gay to you? I don't I just, know. I don't know what I you just talked, I just talked about how I hate the gays. Well, Jack Burton doesn't sound gay to me. But you're asking me if I ever did that. Yeah, it's in the chat room right now. That's why I'm asking. He's asking, he's asking me that. He's asking me that? He's asking me that, yes. It's not gay if you frown. Huh? He says it's not gay if you frown. It's not gay if you frown. Um. He said he wants to do both of us. Both of us, yeah. And you haven't done it. I haven't done it. So, hey, we have something in common. But have you have you ever met a white dude in the field? We should be friends. I I agree. I agree, man. I um. I think we have a lot to talk about, dude. You know, I tell you, like, 
Have you ever, um, have you known white dudes who've stolen before, or have you ever stolen? I've stolen um, things before. But but did you still? Wait, 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 wait. It looks like we're about to run out of time, but are you going to do another show tomorrow? I'm going to try to. It's going to be maybe in the middle of the night again, because I have to work late again. Okay. I'm going to try to join, because every time I see that you do a show, it's like at the very best two seconds. Yeah, I, dude, I got... I, what? I got the uh, thirty-minute slot right now. I don't have the premium yet. Yeah, you need to like, you know, say hey, can do a show. Yeah, well, dude. I mean, okay. So, what do you what do you think about Koreans? You you hate them or? No. So it's literally just blacks and gays, and it's because blacks were loud this it's one all time. It's about blacks and gays, and no other way. But you know, like where I live, um, I see attractive white live? girls who are really loud. Where do you live? I live in uh, I live in New York. Jesus, Christ. is there a lot of blacks there? No, there's none. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. Um, there's all kinds of people here. I don't like Arabs either. Right? Um, why is that? Or gypsies? I don't like gypsies. Yeah, those headbands, right? What? Headbands? Those fucking those headbands that gypsies wear? <laughs> I, don't, I don't see those. I don't know what you're talking about. So uh, this dude, Jack Burton, on our uh, chat here, he says, um, Korean smell like cabbage. The Mexicans have too much pubic hair. Arabs don't count back change properly. I, uh, I'm just going to say, why do you feel this way? Jack Burton, we only have like two minutes left. I'm going to be right back. After, or never mind. I can stay. Or you him? Yeah, I have nine. The, You know what? Last night I kind of stayed on the air a little bit longer and it didn't edit it out. So I'm going to stay on as long as I can. But, you know, if Jack Burton wants to call in, please feel free to call in. Jack, call in. Yeah. Is he calling in? I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm in the chat room right now. I'd like to ask why. Well, dude, like I mean, is there like have you had positive interactions with black people ever? Yes. Like, what were they like? They they were nice and they didn't they didn't do anything but they were high class. Like rich rich black dudes. They weren't rich, but they didn't dress low class and talk low class. Yeah, but then, like, what what about white folks who live, like, in the Appalachian Mountains and stuff like that? They don't... The Appalachian. Dress. I've never been out there, so I don't know. So, like, what's the difference, though? Like, or, like, or, or you know, you, you're you from Texas, you know, like, where... Yes. You've seen white, low-class white people? Yeah. Why don't you hate them? There's not a lot. Oh, dude. There's not... They they stay away from from the cities. Hey, uh, I'm gonna see if I can take two calls at once. So hold on one second, all right? Okay. Sage. Hey, caller, you're on the air. Can you hear me? Hello. 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 Hello, Hello. Jack. Hi, caller. How are you? What happened to him? I don't know. Hey, hey, caller. You have a bad, you have a bad connection. No, he's still there. Oh, and they're still letting me go with my show. Oh, I'm going to stay on for a little bit. 
How long um, do you get more? I want to talk how gypsies have no souls. So, both, I, I have a. Oh, I'm sorry. I was about to say your screen name, and I'm not going to do that. My bad. What's your screen name? Thank you. I'm not going. I'm not going to say it. It's a. Uh, it's. It's an anonymous show. So Jack, you want to. Jack, Jack you want to talk. What's your screen name? I don't know. I, I don't give that out. Anyway, no, so you're, you're. Roy. Yeah. yeah. Roy. Yeah. Hello? What's up? Hey, uh, what's it called? Do you remember that one guy that called right after me the first time I called? And I did it. Yeah. Are you um, talking to me? Yeah, that other guy, that other guy just dropped out. Anyways, yeah, the other guy called after you. What's up with him? I remember, he said that he should ask intelligence level. Yeah, what is your intelligence level, or like, what's your educational level? I should ask. No, I was gonna say that guy, that guy's that guy's that guy's retarded. Really? Why? Why is he retarded? He shouldn't be asking that. Well, I, I don't think asking questions make you makes you retarded. Well, I'm in high school. <laughs> You're in high school. I make A's and B's. You make A's and B's. Yes. What's your favorite subject? History. So, have you have you studied the history of the Civil War and slavery and yeah. Civil War and all that stuff? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm past all that. So, you don't you still think that black people are the bad guys even after all you learned? Yes. I mean, we're being captured as slaves. Well, they weren't captured; they were traded to us by the other Africans over there. Ah, uh, that's a good point. Well, that's a good point. Hey, if there's any black people uh, listening right now, oh, my phone went off. What happened? I don't have the call. I don't have the call-in number anymore. Oh. Oh, you know what happens? Um, what? This goes into archive. You get like an extra hour or something after your show. So, like, this is all recording. Yeah. All right. So it's well, just going to be from here on out. Yeah, I'm not going to give you an extra hour because I need to go to bed. What? Um. You serious? Yeah, I'm serious. But we're having a good conversation. We are. I'll give you some extra time. Yes. So, all right, dude. Um, I love you, Roy. I love you too, dude. Well, I don't know you. Why? Do I, I don't know why I just lied to you just now. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call on all your shows. Please do, because I'm gonna keep exploring this. I still don't get. I still don't get where your hatred comes from. I didn't get to see your other shows. What were those about? Oh, they're they're really good. You should go listen to the archives. They're really good, man. One of them is about a guy who he was working through issues with his parent. What are his issues? He hates his parent. Yeah. You should listen to the archive. I don't have time to. Do we only get to talk about people, or can we talk about other stuff? I mean, like, it, the focus of it is hatred and the sources of hate and why you hate things. You've offered me, like, a lot of surface answers. I'm trying to, like, kind of figure out why you really hate black people. Roy, what's your yep. education level? I am a college graduate. What did you study? I studied film, but I studied oh. a bunch of different things. 
What did you... What were your minors? I didn't have any minors. I see. Yeah. Do you hate anything? You know... I do sometimes. I, I as of late, I, I hate more like individual people. Mm-hmm. I hate more. Uh, uh, I sometimes like really hate Republicans when they do something stupid, and I kind of right, like, say like, say something, and you're gonna get mad. All right. You can't get mad at me, okay? I don't even know you. Whatever. I'm a Republican. That doesn't surprise me at all. It doesn't? No. Dude, all Republicans are... Aren't, aren't most all of them, like, racist anyway and homophobic anyway? That's their whole thing? No. Roy, yeah, I kind this, of it. I don't, want, I don't want this to ruin our, our, our new friendship. It's not going to ruin our friendship, but, but you know I'm right. Yes. But that's They're kind why of I like them. They're kind of out, but they also hate white people who aren't rich, too. No. They, they kind of like only like let's, 1% of the population. I'm not really good in politics, so let's just go back to hatred for people. Okay, so... So, but you, you've had interactions with black people where they've been nice to you, and you've been nice to them. Yes. And they let me use the nigger word. So, like, what what was their reaction when you used a nigger word in front of them? They left, and they said it, too. Okay, well, that's not bad. Well, that seems like a positive experience, so that, that doesn't, like, sort of... That doesn't sort of quell your hatred a little bit, that, like, these black guys were so cool, because in our culture, it's it's so forbidden to use the N-word, um, that, like, they were so cool that they were letting a white dude just, like, nigger it up. So that didn't sort of be like, all right, these guys aren't so bad. Yes, it made it like that. It made it. These guys are cool. It was one guy there. There's one guy. There was only one guy that I that that happened to. Oh, so like it was one black guy that you you said the word nigger in front of. Yes. And then um uh, and he was just like, haha, it's great. I am an ear. Yeah. Is that what he said? No, he didn't say that. But he's like, <laughs> niggers. So, but like, you met one black guy that was that cool that like, you know, he would have been hated by his own people. Doesn't that like sort of like give you like hope that there are other black people that are nice like that? Herman Cain. Herman Cain. I you know like I don't like I I just think that dude's an idiot. I don't hate him because he's black. I just don't I just don't like him. Do you like gay people? Yeah, love them. Good people. You you love them. I have a lot of I have a lot of gay friends who are yeah. great friends of mine. You want to know what else I hate? What's that? I hate feminists. You hate feminists? Okay, why do you hate feminists? They think they're better better than everybody else. Then guys, do you, um, I met one today at the store at the store. Okay. And is it a store that you work at or a store that no, you just were? I was just, I was at Cracker Barrel. 
Oh, that's a good. That's a good restaurant, though. The food there is good. Yes, that's why. Breakfast there. I, I got pancakes there, even though it was daytime. It was nighttime. Ah, man, you're you're a crazy man. I know. Tell you that. Um. So, anyways, dude, like, how how did the issue of feminism come about at Cracker Barrel? That's that's I've I've been to a few Cracker Barrels in my time, and like, that seems like a place where like they are overly polite and they don't want to like bring up anything. Yes, I was in so I, like, I was in I was in the checkout line, and in front of me it was this lady talking to the cashier, who is also a lady, and they were talking, and then I heard her say, "Well, yeah, I'm a feminist," and they were having it like talking and stuff. What's wrong with that, though? Like, she's saying she's a feminist. Who's a shit? That's like you say you're a Republican. Yeah. I don't like feminists. Do you you not like... She came across as snobby and stuff like that. Ignorant. Hmm. Was she talking about, like, how she hates men or something like that? Shoot. She was talking about how this book degrades women. How the what? How a book degrades women. What book was it? I don't know. It's... I heard her say something about Twilight also. Yeah. Yeah. had something... Yeah, it was some... It was some weird book. Sounds exciting. Well, maybe the book did degrade women. Maybe it was a book called, like... She was like... And she's like, well, and I read all the series of it. Why would you read... Why would you read all of it if you hated it? That doesn't make any sense. Well, you raise a good point there. I would agree with you on that. So... My take on, like, feminists is that, like, they're... They are fighting for... Equal rights for women. Yes. And so, like, I don't think that's a bad thing. Do you think that, like... Well, I believe they already have equal rights. Well... A lot of things happening is, like, you know, a lot of people are trying to control their bodies. You know what I mean? Like, they're... I know what you mean. Huh? I know what you mean. I don't see any... I don't see any of them fighting to be drafted. But, like, in this generation alone, though, a lot of women it's have either, enlisted. It's They're, either all or none. Dra- right. It's Are there any women all, out there who uh, who want to address that? They can't call right now. Why not? You're an archive. Oh, fucking balls. Nuts. Oh. All right, Rudy, I'm going to go to bed. All right. I'll call back tomorrow. What what time call is it right tomorrow. now? What time is it where you live right now? It's almost 4 o'clock. I'm going to go to bed. All right, so you'll you'll have an air at, at 2? I mean, at 12? Do you, do, you, do you follow my show? Uh, I do follow your show. Like, if you quick follow on it, I think they give out notifications. Uh, I'll do yeah. it. It's probably going to be kind of late in the evening, though. All right. Probably like around two or three again. 
Check it out, though. I'm going to check it but, out. We'll definitely be back on Sunday at 11.30 yes. p.m. Call back then, all right? I will call back then for sure. If not... All right, buddy. You know. All right. Oh, uh, wait, wait, Have wait. I had one more question. Um, yes. What was your... You said that there was a guy that hated his parents or something like that. Which episode was that? Uh, I think it might be 1.2. All right. I'm going to check that one out. Yeah, listen to that one. All right, have a good night. All right, you too. All right. <laughs> I am abusing my privileges, Blog Talk Radio. Thank you very much. Good night. See you next time. So uh, I'll, I'll talk about, uh, you know, I'll talk a little bit. I was coming back home tonight. I was working, and I was coming back home, and um, I was thinking about this. Um when I was growing up, I grew up in a suburb of Dallas, Texas. I didn't know a lot of Jewish people. Um, and I didn't have anything against them or for them. I didn't know, I didn't think about Jewish people. But I just remember uh, one of my friends in junior high, he became my best friend in junior high, and he and I remained friends for a long time, but then we fell out of touch after a while. So basically, uh, what happened was that, you know, we would talk on the phone. Like, we would just make each other laugh. We would talk on the phone. We became fans of comedy, kind of got into Saturday Night Live together at the same time, around that age of, like, you know, 12, 13, when, like, you're supposed to get into comedy. And so um, I remember, like, he was very Catholic, though. He was very proudly Catholic. And he even admitted one time that he doesn't like other people's uh, religions. And he would always rip on the Jews. <clears throat> Now, ashamedly, I would sort of like start to think ill about the Jews too. I told a story last night about like, you know, being uh, sort of impressionable about my opinions about Mexicans during a Boy Scout camp. You can listen to the archive and listen to that. Anyways, um, he starts talking about like, you know, the Jews, blah, 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 and like how they're cheap and stuff like that and how they're just kind of goofy people. Um, some Jews are pretty goofy. I don't know. Some of them are. Bernie Madoff, that, that, that's a goofy Jewish person. Anyways, um, I'm going to sip my wine. So, of course, like I was an impressionable kid. I was a weak kid. I was not, I, I probably wasn't that smart of a kid. I had to make myself smart, <clears throat> build myself up. And so, you know, he would go on and on and then like, but we all like loved Jewish artists and Jewish comedians like Woody, you know, he hated Woody Allen at the time. I had to grow and love Woody Allen when I was away at college, but you know, we liked Seinfeld a lot, you know, I, I know it, it's kind of ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense, but go with me on this. Um, so anyways, uh, you know, it kind of like left an impression on me and like it influenced my opinion of Jews whom I never met before in my life. Never came across any of them until high school. <clears throat> but here's like how I was impressionable, and here's why I became friends with this guy. And I'm not using this as an excuse, but um, I was, uh, you know, I was just very impressionable. Um, before I came to this junior high school, I transferred from another school it was from one Catholic school to another Catholic school, and I'm not I'm not Catholic, by the way. Uh, 
Um, so I was kind of an outsider there. Anyways, um, transferring from one Catholic school to another one. And the first Catholic school, like elementary school up until the first year of junior high, I was just made fun of all the time. I used to just catch shit all the time. I was made fun of all the time. I had no friends. I was just, I dreaded going to school every day. I hated life. And that's, you know, the people who were bullied, like, that's the thing. Like, you just grow to hate life. And that's why school shootings happen. Because you just grow to hate life. I'm serious. And I'm, yeah, yeah, you know what? I am justifying school shootings. Yeah, there you go. And if you disagree with me, <laughs> if you hate what I said, call the hate project at 347-539-5387. Anyways, um, so this was like, you know, I transferred to this new school. It's kind of a new beginning for me. And this was like a kid who was just so nice to me. I don't know why. He was so nice to me. And, like, he would talk on the phone. Like, I called him about an assignment. You know, just think about, like, I would get some information about our, you know, homework, then hang up. And then, like, you know, I was like, okay, you know, I'll see you, I'll see you tomorrow. He goes, oh, wait, don't go. Stay on the phone for a second. I go, okay. And he just shares with me that his dog died. And I was like, wow, this... He's opening up to me about his dog dying. Nobody shares things with me like this. Nobody shares these things with me. Oh, my God, I'm important. I must really think, like, wow. Oh, my gosh, I have a friend who wants to talk with me about his dog. So I just, you know, I took that friendship really seriously and unfortunately, because I was an impressionable kid, like I kind of took what he said seriously, and he kind of led the way in terms of that friendship, you know? And it's because I was just broken down. I had no self-esteem and no spine. <clears throat> and I think a lot of people who we look down on, like, you know, I live in New York, who we look down on as ignorant and backwater and backwoods and backwards, they have nothing. And so they latch onto like that person who reaches their hand down to them, even though like they're reaching their hand down to them to take advantage. It's like we, oh wow, oh my gosh, I I'm important, you know. And of course, like we're gonna follow that person. So. The reason I was made fun of before I transferred to that school in junior high, I was made fun of in an elementary school for my haircut. I had a bowl cut as a kid, and uh, my mom used to cut my hair. So people used to call me the magic mushroom, bowl head. Now, that doesn't seem like a big deal. Right now, like that seems like, wow, really, Roy? Other people have some real problems. Why, like, why should we care? idiot, right? You're thinking that out there. And if you are, you should call in at 347-539-5387. Anyways, it hurt a lot because like, it was really like the comments of like mushroom haircut, bullhead, coupled with a deliberate effort to alienate me and me getting my ass kicked. Like I would be like, hey, mushroom. A mushroom head, and I get my ass kicked. And my kids from my class who were starting this recruited older kids to fucking jump in, and those older kids did it gladly. 
oh, those eighth graders, and it was awful. So it was just like, it was like this innocuous, dumbass insult that, like, on paper, you'd just be like, why would you care that somebody called you a mushroom head? But, like, it was done with, like, the intention of hatred and to alienate and to, you know, nobody talked to Roy. Everyone stay away from Roy. Those sorts of things, like on the playground, like, no, you can't play with us. Everybody avoid him because he'll turn into a mushroom. It's such an absurd thing as an adult. Like if somebody said that to you, you just laugh and give them some change. But as a child, it just cut down. It cut so deeply. So it really, like, I, it got to me. Again, impressionable. It got to my self-esteem. And by the way, like, I think, like, I figured out, like, this is why... This is why when you hear that debate about like why can black people call each other the N-word, but white people cannot call black people the N-word. Okay, well, here's the thing. Black people have a shared experience with that word, and so they're on a level playing field with that word with each other. And there's a shared sort of experience like when you've been to war together, you know, something like that. I don't know. Any black people want to chime in on that, call me at 347 539 Five three eight to seven. I know you're out there. And so, um, anyways, so I think that like, like there's a shared experience there. But when white, but historically, when white people have called black people the N word, it has been done with the intention of destruction and hate. And it would, like, follow with, like, violence often. I was trying to tell that kid last night on our episode. That's why there's a double standard there. And I'm fine with that double standard. Um, so that's that's it. Like, and so, like, if it was, like, literally, like, some casual thing where, like, you know, like, you just go to the store, like, all right, nigger, you're all set. And it really just meant nothing at all. Yeah, we wouldn't be having this discussion, and it wouldn't be such a controversy. But it, there is this history of violence behind it. Sort of like... And I don't know a lot of white people, because they just want to say it because they can't say it. That's the only reason you want to fucking say it. Oh, it's forbidden. It's not fair to us. <laughs> just given every other advantage in life. <laughs> And so, like, if, if, you know, those those floodgates open and, like, white folks just start saying the N-word, it wouldn't be, like, just sort of, like, this casual thing of, like, all right, we're going to, you know, eat some chicken like a nigger and, uh, you know, we're going to a good time. It's, it's just, it's not going to be like that. It's going to be, like, this forbidden thing. And, of course, you'll get overexcited, like, nigger, 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 ha-ha, ha-ha, nigger. You know that would happen. White folks, if you disagree with me, call in at 347-539-5387. Again, that's just 347-539-5387. Are all bigots really on a 9-to-5 schedule? I'm not getting anybody. Come on. Are you people really like upstanding citizens? You really go to bed like at 10 p.m.? Time for bed, mother. You're not, you, you know, you, the hate that you feel in your life, you're not fucking, like, 
it doesn't eat you up and keep you up at night. I know like when I just have a bad day and I hate somebody, not even hate them. If I'm just infuriated, if if I'm just frustrated with somebody, I stay up that night. I know some of you are staying up. Just call in. Um, what was I talking about? Okay, uh, the Daniel Tosh thing. So, um, I spoke about it a little bit. So, you know, I guess according to the blog, again, this is one account of what happened. You know, he told a rape joke. This audience member, a friend, this audience member who was a friend of the blogger, so we don't, it's three degrees removed, shouted out during a set, actually, rape is never funny. And then he said something like, wouldn't it be funny if like five guys raped this girl and she walked out now, rightfully like that's a horrible thing to say. It's a, it's a shitty heckler comeback and it's a shitty way to deal with that situation. And I do understand the reality of rape that women face that men don't. You're absolutely right. But am I wrong? Like, am I some sort of, like, insensitive person by saying, you know what, this guy's actually insignificant in the grand scheme of things. Can we just move on with our lives? And also, if you go to a comedy show, when you interrupt a comic, horrible things will happen. Doesn't mean that, you know, what he said was horrific. Don't get me wrong. I am not advocating that he should say things like that, and I'm not advocating that people should be like, oh, rape would be buddy. I don't know who's in the room. Everyone's assuming that's like a frat audience, but who knows? Nobody else has spoken up about it. But um, it's like, are we that powerless that like kind of middling talents like Daniel Tosh define our lives when they say something stupid? To another person who's trying to paint themselves as a martyr, but is probably an idiot as well. Is this what internet culture has brought us? I mean, I think the internet's a beautiful thing. I mean, I'm doing a radio show to anybody in the world who has a connection, who can listen in right now. Anybody in the world. Amazing. But, you know, the internet has also, like, allowed us to, like, just be defined by, like, no, that person did not just say that. I'm not, my gear is ruined. It's ridiculous. And I'm not the sort of guy who's like, yeah, get over it, you know, whatever, you know. In fact, that's why I'm doing this show. I want people to like, have a real discussion about it. And like, why does it get to you? And like these fucking idiots who like, are like, hey, Daniel Tosh, I don't believe in rape. Like you see like a lot of these like my fucking idiot Facebook friends are doing that. It's like, Oh, gee, what a brave stand you just took. Oh, my gosh, you don't believe in rape? Wow, you are so brave. Look at you. So if anybody disagrees with me on this, please call 347-539-5387. And we have a little over four minutes, so if if you disagree with what I said or... I don't think what I'm saying is out of line. I mean, I'm not sitting there. I'm not an advocate for Daniel Tosh. I don't care about him. And I'm not even somebody who's like, eh, could we just say whatever they want? I think the way he responded was horrible. But 
does it make me a bad person to not think that this human being who is like interrupting his set is not a martyr? She isn't. Does that make me a bad person? I don't know. If you think I'm a bad person, call in at 347-539-5387. So, that was uh, the first week of The Hate Project. Now, uh, I do want to address a couple of things. Um, I refer to the dialogue on discrimination and bigotry that we had at the time as fucking retarded. Okay, not very inclusive, and uh, if I'm complaining about the level of dialogue on a subject, maybe that's not the best way to elevate that dialogue. In fact, it's a good way to kick down the dialogue as well. Um, Part of this uh, revisitation to this online radio show is I want to put myself on the chopping block, and I want to learn from this, not only from... uh, I want to expose the voices that made their way onto this show for people to understand what's out there and maybe see it in a very raw manner uh, because it has made its way into the mainstream. Um, Also, it's just as much to put myself uh, under the magnifying glass to see what I did wrong, what my blind spots were, um, what I could have done better. If you have any comments on that or any, if the show triggers anything or, you know, inspires any reflection in you or any sort of insight in you, I definitely want to hear about it please email me at paradoxofcivility at gmail.com. The email will be in the description of the podcast below. Thank you all. Uh, I will see you next time. Or I'll talk at you next time.